Back to Mrs. G's story time. I'm so sorry that that the recording last week wasn't published on time, but the machinery breaks down and we don't know why it happened, but we know that uh, God knows, our Father knows, He cares and He loves and He does all things for His purpose. We don't know what that purpose is, but we will know one day. And uh, just pray there. Bless the time and just let's continue with chapter 13. When fall arrived, Corey began her final year of secondary school. She was 15 years old. Noli was still living at home but studying to be a teacher. Not long after the new school year began, a letter arrived for William, who was still at the university. It was addressed to Noli. She read it to us at the supper table. The university music department is having a special event the second weekend in October. Several of our student choirs are performing along with a choir from London. I thought you might like to come for a visit. You would enjoy the concert, get to know some new people, and have a taste of university life. There was more to the letter, but she paused and glanced around the table. Sounds like fun. What do you think? Perhaps that would be a good thing, Mama said. Almost immediately, Corey popped up. Do you think I could go too? Without so much as a glance at anyone's direction, Papa said, only if your sister agrees. Noli gave Mama a knowing look. Mama shrugged, and Noli said, Well, okay, it might be good not to travel up there by myself. For the next three weeks, Corey chatted about Carol at every possible moment. She wondered aloud if he would remember her, fretted constantly about what she should wear for the trip, worried about how many outfits she should take, and what she would need for the various events. Aunt Annie must have sensed my growing frustration, because without being asked, she took over the packing process, helping Corey to determine what to take. I heard them at night in Corey's room, and from the sound of their laughter, Aunt Annie enjoyed the task as much as anyone possibly could. When the day finally arrived for the trip, Papa hired a cart to carry Noli and Corey and their luggage to the train station. He and Lewis helped the driver load everything, and when it was time for them to leave, he gave Noli and Corey a few guilders to spend. Money was often tight for us, but Papa never allowed us to embark on a trip, no matter how short or long, without money in our pocket. After they were gone, Mama walked upstairs and I returned to my desk in the shop. Later that evening, though, I found myself in the kitchen talking about Corey and her obsession with the university student, as old as her brother. Once I got started, I couldn't stop, and I chatted about Corey as much as Corey chatted about Carol, recounting for Mama and Aunt Annie yet one more time all my concerns about him. I am certain she will see him. He and William are good friends. They spent a lot of time together. It would be impossible for her not to see him. For the first time, Aunt Annie spoke up on the topic. That's a problem? Her seeing him is a problem? It will just start the Carol talk all over again. It seems to me she had a pretty good go of it already without seeing him. Yes, I nodded. My point exactly. She was insufferably before the trip, and she'll be even worse when she gets home. I thought he was a nice boy, Aunt Annie continued, very polite when he visited us. Yes, but that's just it, I protested. He seems nice enough until you look closer. Aunt Anna gave Mama a roll of her eye, but said nothing more about it, and we all worked in silence for a while. Well, Betsy, Mama said finally, I trust your intuition and your ability to hear from God, but I also trust Corey, though I admit she's a little impulsive at times and totally obsessed with this. I know, Mama continued, but whatever you do, be careful. These are real lives, hers and his, and you don't want to make a mistake. 
Corey and Noli returned home late Sunday evening. Papa collected them from the train station and hired a wagon to bring their luggage. They arrived at the house with much to tell, though Corey occupied most of the conversation with the talk of Carol. Apparently he remembered her, and from what I could tell, they spent a great deal of time together. After they were settled from the trip, I caught up with Noli in her room, hoping for a better accounting of the weekend from her perspective. It's true, Noli acknowledged. He remembered her, and from the way he acted, I'd say he's interested. I folded my arms across my chest. She put her hands in a defensive gesture. I know that's not what you wanted to hear, but I think Carol really likes her. They spent a lot of time together. Alone? Not too much alone. We did almost everything with him and William, the four of us, and one or two others sometimes. But Carol and Corey were obviously a pair. He looked after her and escorted her everywhere we went, but not alone. Nolly's eyes darted away. A walk or two, I think. I knew what that meant. How many times? I don't know. She turned away and arranged things on the desk near her bed. We weren't there that long. Just a couple of days. Why all the questions? I'm just concerned. Concerned? She shot a glance at my direction. About Carol? Just concerned, I replied, avoiding her gaze. How was the trip otherwise? It was good. She moved away from the desk and sat on the bed. Great concert and a beautiful campus. Wish you had gone there instead of normal school? No, Noli had a curious little smile. I like things where I am just fine. What does that mean? Oh, nothing, she replied. I knew better, but decided not to make an issue of it and turned to leave. There's one other thing, Noli added as I reached the door. I turned back to face her. On the train home, Corey was writing a letter to Carol. She has his address? Yes, Noli replied, and I think he agreed to write her as well. I just shook my head in disbelief and walked away. Late that winter, we learned that Dr. Brunell was retiring from his practice of medicine. I was concerned about what that might mean for my health and how I would obtain the liver extract formula that had kept me alive. He assured me that a new doctor... Jan von Venn was coming to take over his practice, and that they had already discussed my case. A week after his arrival in town, Dr. von Venn came to the house to check on Mama and me. His sister, Teen, came with him, and during the visit we learned that she worked as his nurse. She was a beautiful young woman about William's age. Contrary to my reaction to Corey and Carol, I was struck by the notion that she and William needed to meet each other. I was also mindful that if she was working as Dr. von Venn's nurse then Irene Drubel must have been dismissed. Earlier that spring, William came home from school for a weekend visit. While he was there, Dr. Von Venn made one of his regular house calls to check on Mama. As before, Teen came with him. I introduced her to William, and the two began seeing each other socially. The ensuing courtship brought William home every other week. On each visit, Corey peppered him with questions about Carol. During one of those visits, I found a few minutes alone with him and asked about Carol. I'm worried about Corey. She's at least five years younger than he is in the distance, and she seems quite taken with him. Are you aware she writes to him almost every day? I know. He writes to her. I had no idea Carol was corresponding with her. He made it sound like she was the only one doing the writing. I had no idea she was writing him every day. But it makes sense. He's about all she ever talks about around here. I can imagine. William had a knowing look on his face that left me thinking he knew more than he was saying. What is it, I asked. What are you not saying? It's just, 
he had a pained expression on his face, which sent my curiosity soaring. I had to bite my lip to keep from pressing him harder to give me an answer. It's just that this is awkward to say, but Carol isn't like us. I had a puzzled frown. What do you mean? He's studying for the ministry, but he has a very different approach from the one I have taken. What does that mean? He doesn't really see the ministry as service to God, more like what Father calls the liberal view, I asked, finishing his sentence. Somewhat, William chuckled. I think he actually believes, which is more than I can say for some. But more than that, he sees the ministry as a profession, not a calling, a way up and out, not a means of service to God or others. The corners of my mouth turned up in a look of disdain. It's a job. Yes, William nodded. Exactly. A job. A path of upward social mobility. An avenue towards some ideal of respectability. How does Corey fit into that? That's just it, William grimaced. His view of marriage, of women he's seen socially, is much like his approach to the ministry. It's not really something he feels from the heart. I sense no passion about the institution of marriage or the notion of being with someone for life. Not with Corey or any other girls he's seen since he arrived on campus. I think for him, marriage is another means of improving his and his family's lot in life. His family? The frown on my forehead deepened. What do they have to do with his choice of a spouse? It's been their sole aim since the day he was born. His selection of a spouse? I found the notion of their meddling in his choice quite preposterous, though that was exactly what I had been doing with Corey. Yes, William acknowledged. They intend for him to marry well, economically speaking, and I don't think Corey or our family, for that matter, meets that expectation. We talked a little longer, then it was time for him to meet Teen. When he was gone, I went up to Mama's room to check on her. She was in bed recovering from another coughing spell. I sat on a chair next to her, intending to stay only a few moments. When she took my hand in hers, I overheard you talking to William. You heard us? My door was open. Oh, sorry. No, don't be. You were right in your intuition about Carol. Oh, Mama, I sighed. What shall we do? I don't know, but whatever it is, we must do it carefully and prayerfully. I can't let Corey make a mistake in this, but we can't protect her completely either. This is a difficult thing to make sense of. I know, but that's because it's the matter of the heart, not the head. You can't make rational sense of love and romance. It's all those romance novels she reads. She's still reading them. Oh, my yes, I said in a flabbergasted tone. Now more than ever, I think it's her way of escaping. She reads those books and sees herself in them with Carol. It makes no sense to me for her to do such a thing, but I try not to talk to her about it. That's what I've been talking about. You see things from an intellectual perspective as a matter of the head. For Corey, this is a matter of the heart. Do you know she's writing to him? Yes, Mama nodded. I saw her writing to him just the other day. William says she writes Carol every day, and she's received almost as many letters from Carol. You know about that? Her father sorts the mail each morning, and he gives them to me. He doesn't want me to see them. He knows how you feel about Carol. She's my sister, yes, and those letters are for her, not you. So what are you saying? I'm saying Corey is old enough now that she'll have to sort this out for herself. She's not thinking about sorting anything. I know, but whatever she's doing, we'll have to let her do it. And if that means she gets hurt in the process, we'll have to be the ones who are big enough to let her try and fail and still be there for her in the end. I didn't like that advice. 
My natural inclination was to fix whatever is broken. Still, her comments rang true within my spirit, and I decided right then that I would say nothing else about the matter and let the relationship run its course. That would prove to be more difficult than I first imagined. Next week we'll have chapter 14. We'll find out more about what happens with Carol and Corey's relationship. I'm enjoying this book. I hope you are too. And um, I love you. I'm praying for you. And bye-bye for now.